0: We believe that this message is going to open up the seals And cause you to have a deeper revelation into the word of God That will make you see beyond the letters in the word Luke's Gospel 24 I'm going to read verse 19 Read that earlier And he said to them what things And then they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth Which was a prophet mighty indeed And word before God and all the people Verse 20. Now the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. He's 21, and we trusted that have been he that should have redeemed Israel, and beside all, this today is the third day since the things were done, these things were done. Now verse 25, which is Jesus' response, and he said to them, O fools and slow of hearts, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory Beginning at Moses and all the prophets He expounded unto them in all the scriptures The things concerning himself Now pay attention to a repetition In verse 20 Or 19 They said he was a prophet In verse 25 O fool, slow of heart To believe all that the prophets Then in verse 27 Begin at Moses And all the prophets prophet. So there's a consistent word or office. The office of a prophet. Very good. Now in verse 44, Luke 24 These are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses the prophets, again and the Psalms concerning me. So we have a consistent word, prophet. That's why I said earlier that we should define who a prophet is. So we said that a prophet, obviously, from the text of the Old Testament, I says the word not somebody who has the words. Can we please appreciate the doctor as he comes in to the round of applause. He has the words. Okay? So a prophet is known by his words. Let's see uh, just an example. In Exodus 7.1, God says that I have made thee a god to Pharaoh. Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. So, and it can't be Aaron, your brother, will be seeing visions for you. Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesperson. That's what a prophet is, a spokesperson. Now, for the course of the work, it requires also revelation. But the the core reason or meaning of prophet is one who speaks words. So we said earlier, a prophet is one who is a preacher and teacher of God's word. Are we clear on that? Are we clear on that? We looked at the the Deuteronomy 13.1 warning by Moses to verse 3. Now, Jesus had been prophesied in Deuteronomy 18.15 to be a prophet. But this prophet is God the prophet. So he's not God just sending a prophet, God the prophet. For example, you see that there are instances in the Old Testament where God takes the responsibility of a messenger. Genesis 48 and 15 and 16. You have Jacob. Jacob is talking about God. He says, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, God who led me, the word led there, is Shepherd." God before of my fathers, God my shepherd, then verse 16, the angel that redeemed me. Now, the word angel is the word malak in Hebrew, M-A-L-A-K. It means messenger. Now, he calls God of his fathers, God his shepherd, God the messenger. Now, let me explain that. If, for example, I ask um, a friend of mine here, Pastor Makujie. I said, Pastor Makujie, help me go and tell uh, Doctor that. Let me go and tell Doctor that I will see him in the evening. So he carries my message and goes to him. At that point, he is a messenger because he carries a message. Now, what if I now take the message myself? I now go to him to say, sir. I will see you in the evening. I'm carrying a message that is my message but I'm delivering it myself. So at that point, I am an angel. So angel doesn't always mean angelic being. So God in the Old Testament also bore his own message. And that's why it was not strange to see that Jesus was also a messenger. Is that very clear? Good. So God the messenger God the prophet so he's not going to send anyone now he will come with his own message is that clear so when Moses prophesied or spoke about a prophet that will be raised who will be like him and we said who was Moses Moses was sent to deliver right come on children of Israel, who was sent to redeem. Are we clear? So this prophet will be, you can say, a redeemer prophet. But notice how he will be a redeemer prophet. He says, him will you heed. Jeremiah 18-15. He will redeem by his words. Okay? So, Jesus is that prophet. Of course, if we went back down to the Old Testament, we'll see that there were other prophecies About the Christ The Christ will also be a son of David That's what I said earlier on It's God being like man Like we read the text earlier And the doctor also showed us in Hebrews 2.14 He partook of flesh and blood So it is God who is being like what? Man He partook of flesh and blood So that he can redeem He taught something earlier on, and it struck my mind. The lex talionis rule: eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That is, you have to find something that measures up. So, if you are going to redeem, you have to be like what you are redeeming. So, God is like man for the purpose of redemption. Oh, that's clear enough. So, if he's like man, he will assume. All the offices that men also assumed. For example, the word Christ is not a proper name. It's not somebody's son name. No, Christ is a description, right? And the first time the word Christ was used in the Bible was Genesis 31. That's with verse 13 or so. Let me check it. Now Genesis 31:13, and why was this used? It was to describe Yeah, verse 13, I'm right In Genesis 28 I mentioned that earlier We find Jacob He slept on a stone Maybe we should start sleeping on stones Then he saw a vision And he saw a ladder Least of heaven, the angels of the Lord And we mentioned it that When God <coughs> spoke about the land The land cannot be Israel Was that clear? That that land is where the whole world when Jacob got up I said God was here I did not know this is the house of God the gates of heaven he called it Bethel he now took oil just like his father took tithes it is in their culture that when you honor someone you give a tenth it is a culture of honor so type, or the titan principle is firstly a culture of honor before a percentage. It is a it's an honor culture. So the argument of whether it's under the Old Testament or New Testament is irrelevant if we are not trying to create a dichotomy that does not exist. Now the issue of like I guess is a culture. So God uses their honor culture which is what we see in Genesis 14. Now, the same thing, Jacob now takes oil, just like they do in their culture. And you notice that till today. Even cultures that have never been close to the Bible do it. If something is sacred, they pour something on it. So he takes oil, which in the ancient Near Eastern culture is their culture. And he says, ah, this place is sacred. He now anointed it. The word Meshach, where you have the word Messiah. So why is it so? Because anything that you, you call sacred is called Christ. It's not a spiritual word. It's not first a Christian word. Anything that is sacred, you call Christ. So he anointed that place. Now, for you to know that God recognized what he did. In Genesis 31, he says, I am the God of Bethel 13 where you are anointed. Where you are anointed. So the word anoint means a sacred thing. Is that clear? Sacred place. Now, I hope I won't bust your bubble in the next couple of minutes. It's a sacred place. It doesn't necessarily mean, okay, we'll get there. A sacred place. So from that point, you will see that priests were also anointed, right? Oil was poured on their heads. Kings also had oil poured on their heads and prophets. But listen to this. Were they anointed for the Holy Ghost or for God to come there or they are anointed because God is there? Let me start again. Did Jacob pour oil then God appeared to him or God appeared to him and because of that he poured oil? The second one. Okay, good. So, God will choose a man. So, a mark of consecration of someone who has already been chosen. Oil is now poured. That's why um, vessels in the temple were anointed. They were called anointed. The temple was called anointed. Priests were called anointed. Kings that were chosen. Even the one that went crazy was also anointed. All these people are Christ's. Saul was Christ. King Saul. Amen. It was Christ. <laughs> so they are Christ. Like I said, Christ is not a proper name. It's just to describe that something is being used by God. Right? The entire nation of Israel was also called anointed. Including those who disobeyed God. And were destroyed. So we have Christ's who were destroyed. and this age also. <laughs> so Christ <laughs> is a proper name. We can use Christ for prophets, for kings, priests, places. Very good. So, all those Christs were never the fulfillment. It's like a cycle that never ended Jesus is now the fullness does that make sense is now the fullness of the Christ so a quick one because of that is also a king is he a king a prophet a priest is he also the house of God he is the house of God amen You know, when he says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Earlier on, I know you know this one very well, so I'm not saying something that's (laughs) straight. I believe that Dr. was one of the first few people in this country that taught it. How did I know? When I came the last time, and then he now gave me a book. I knew that that book was a transcript of something he had taught years before. But, But somehow he escaped people attacking him. I don't know whether you <laughs> you must have escaped it. <laughs> because that scripture is like an idol <laughs> for many people. <laughs> Even today, somebody say, I see your point. Like, that thing is not talking about it, But Can't we use it somehow? I say, ah, you go and use it for you. <laughs> but now, listen, so, all these things are called anointed. The, Jesus is also the house of God, Right? Come on. Good. He's also called servant. Right? Are we together here? So, when his disciples were confused, you know, look at them. Ah, What is strange to you that I, he died? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? Because did we see Christ that were persecuted in the Old Testament? Were Christ persecuted? Were they rejected? Were some of them killed? Were some of them mocked? And so ought not this Christ who is the fullness to have suffered these things? So the death of Jesus became compulsory when Abel was killed. When David was rejected. Jesus will be rejected. When Moses was mocked and to be stoned, it that's because Jesus is the fulfillment. Are you there? Of all the Christ, so He is the Christ. He is the Son. He is the servant. Are you there? He is the House of God. He is He is the fulfillment, or let's say the fullness. John 116 says of his own of his fullness of all we received is this making sense is this making sense so he is God the shepherd huh God the prophet huh God the house huh is it is it god the house too God the servant God the priest uh-huh. So, it takes that office. Now, so what is the uniqueness? Now, in Romans 1, Paul says, I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, Romans 1, 1, separated to the gospel of God, which he had promised and in his holy scriptures by his prophets. Concerning his son Jesus, Romans 1, 3, who was made the seed of David according to the flesh. Now, look at that for. He said he is declared the Son of God. Now, that word declared is to mark someone out to be distinguished. So he is distinguished the Son of God by the resurrection. What's the uniqueness of that? Of all the priests, prophets, and kings, he is the only one that rose from the dead. So that distinguishes him. The resurrection of Jesus is what validated the incarnation. None of us will have believed that story. Even you just say, ah, Mary, what did you say happened? Ah, the only Ghost who came on me. Oh, that's how I was pregnant. Ah, Sister May, it is well. <laughs> you just say, It is well. <laughs> you, just say, you know, we thank God, what God does not do cannot exist. Just leave it like that. But when Jesus rose from the dead, that is the issue with the resurrection. It validated the incarnation. Oh, then it put a validity, authenticity on what happened in the incarnation. Because the fact is that that he could die, right, shows that he can redeem from death. God did not play magic. He was 100% a man And 100% God He was thirsty He was hungry He sought Mary's breast to grow In fact, in Luke too, Luke was deliberate You know, it is believed that Luke took A lot of stories from Mary but You see that there were some intimate stories That he gave How they went to the temple You can see that Jesus grew normally He didn't grow up with scriptures in his mind though. No, he was taught In Luke 2.40, it says he grew. The child grew, filled with wisdom. Then we now saw what happened. He was in the temple for three days. The parents were looking for him when they went for Passover. They now found him sitting in the midst of doctrine of the law, asking questions. So he's giving you a background of Jesus' knowledge of scriptures. He's asking questions. And they were astonished at his reasoning. There are two words Luke uses there. Eperotau. Which means he was seeking answers. No, there are questions that are stupid. And there are questions that you are doing asking to tempt the person or to shame the person. I mean, the Pharisees ask those kind of questions. Say, eh, sorry, eh, teacher, rabbi, rabbi. Eh, what if a man is not a sincere question, no? But his own questions were questions to know. So the teachers of the law were astonished at his answers. The kind of answer apocrisis in the Greek, the kind of answers he gave. That is critical examination. So Luke 2.52 now says, he grew in stature. That shows you that he did not just say "Baba" from the womb as he came out from the womb. He didn't cry. He just say, for awful. No, he grew. He will have cried for food. Amen. Or you think he just said, "Mom, don't worry, I'm filled with the power of God." <laughs> so God was like a man. Amen. So when Moses says he will be like me, does it make sense? And he was tempted. If you don't have a desire, you can't be tempted. You can't tempt me to like Chelsea. <laughs> Somebody asked me, he said, what is your aim with Chelsea? I said, it's an eternal problem. My dad was a national fan. We were together... In our backslid And defected to Chelsea... And I told him... For the rest of my life... I will hunt this club... That is my business... <laughs> Where were we... You know... He was a man... So if we call him a prophet... Don't, that does not reduce... His divinity... In fact... It brings glory to his name... If we call him a servant... It should make us honor him the more because we know who he is. If we call him son, if we call him the son of David, imagine he's called the son of David. Showing you how much God will go to bring redemption. Hallelujah. So it is not man who is like God. No. There is none like God. He stands in His stead. Unique all by Himself. Sometimes we come to know some of these new Christian realities and we overblow it. You can't sing, who is like unto thee anymore. Say, no, we are like unto thee. Don't overblow your... I sang a song one day. I said, there is none holy as... You guys say, I can't sing it. There is none beside Him. I said, did you listen to the song well? Neither is there any rock. Oh, you sing that for yourself. Like our God, are you the rock of our salvation? Look at what doctor showed us in the morning. The song of David, which is the song of salvation, the song of reject is now the song of the lamb. And what is that song? Who is like unto thee? Oh God, who is like unto among the God? That's the song, though. Who is like you Exodus 15 Amen So is God who is like us We is by identification We we say by faith I'm who I am He's not saying his own by faith Hallelujah So he stands in his own stead unique clear? Very good So here we have God the shepherd God the servant. Okay? That is why he is called Christ. Christ is not unique to Jesus. Does that make sense now? Does it make sense? (laughs) But, he bears the fullness of the Christ. The fullness. Let me give you an instance. The The first person who was killed for righteousness was Abel. And God said to the blood of your brother cries out from the ground Now Initially A student of the Bible would think That he's talking about vengeance No No God is saying that he's going to keep Abel alive Are you following my point? Abel Is alive Hebrews 11 says by say faith verse 1 is the substance of things hoped for The evidence of things not seen It says by it the elders obtained a good report Through faith we understand verse 3 That the walls were framed by the word of God That the things that were seen Were not made by things which do Is It said by faith Abel offered a more exercise His brother came That even when he was there, his gift was testifying That he was righteous He being dead yet speaketh What is that? He's alive So, which means that in the promise of God, Abel will be kept alive, but he didn't get fulfilled. It is Jesus that now fulfilled that thing. That Jesus was killed and he rose from the dead. So all the sufferings of the Christ, he had to bear it. Are we together here? So he is the Christ. But do we have other Christs? Christ means anointed. It's not someone's own name. Mm-hmm. So he is the anointed who will bear all the sufferings. Okay, let's say he will bear all the offices of the Christ and all their sufferings. Did the sufferings also include death? Yes. So the death of Jesus is multidimensional. You see, his death for sins. You see, his death also identifying with man. His persecution. That's why he said, like, ah, "Why are you shocked?" fools full soul of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? In Luke 11, 49 and 52 to 51, he said, "Look, all the prophets from the foundation of the world, from Abel up to Zachariah, they were not, they were killed. Some of them were killed. So he now pointed to the Pharisees. You brood of vipers! You killers! He knew they were going to kill him." because that is how and Stephen said it said the same way your fathers killed the prophets so if Jesus is that prophet he had to be killed who's following what I'm saying here Aha. so now he is that prophet who is that prophet Jeremiah 18-15 Moses said we are going to heed his words we will hearken unto him on the Mount of transfiguration Moses and Elijah in the vision were there. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I will well placed. Harking unto him. That means this is that prophet. Okay. So don't forget our definition of prophet again. Is. Uh-huh. Now, these prophets that we, they were expecting. Will be a redeemer prophet. Can you remember that? That means a prophet who will redeem. The psalmist said that what God sent his prophet to deliver the people. That is the office of Jesus. Now let us observe how he's going to do it. Look at Ezekiel. Are you learning something? Ezekiel and 36. So let me give you a background again. What Moses did in Egypt, just put this down. I know you study this. He gathered all the 12 tribes together, right? As one nation. Did he do that? Huh? Did he do that? Then he took them out of Egypt as a nation. In fact, it is said technically that Israel was birthed from that Exodus experience. So put that in mind. Ezekiel 36. Watch 22. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen whither you went. 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord. With The Lord, the, the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Pay attention to verse 24. I will take you from among the Eden. Is that like Egypt? Is that like Egypt? Okay. Is this redemption? And gather you out of all the... Con- is that redemption? Okay. And will bring you to your own land. That's Exodus. Right? Good. So this is redemption being spoken of. Now listen to how he's going to do it. So we're now waiting for... He's going to take us out of Nigeria and drop us somewhere. No. Even a typical Jew who was expecting this promise to be fulfilled did not think it meant they were going to leave a place. So listen to what what this promise is about. Verse 25 Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. This is Egypt being prophesied again. Now listen to this you know after Moses took them out of Egypt which is a sign and a miracle, we will see that shortly and they got to the desert eventually a good number of them turned their hearts back right? so which means they experienced the miracle or the sign of redemption but they were not saved they experienced the miracle. Now, when Moses in Jeremiah 30, when he now addressed their children, because you know that, that generation in Numbers 13 and 14, they perished in the wilderness. But there was not an exemption. That those of them who were young, 20 years down, will be exempt. Even though they were part of, we no go we'll greet you, we no go we'll greet. You. you don't know what you're saying. Let's exempt you. Okay? So Moses was taking a new breed out. That is why you see that Exodus 19 and 20, 20 precisely was repeated again in Deuteronomy like Exodus is repeated the 10 commandments, the laws were repeated again. Why? Because now we have a new generation who did not who were not part of those that prayed. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy means second law. This the law the second time. Now, what Moses was now addressing that generation He said the Lord your God, verse 5 and 6, will multiply your seed. He said he will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed. In Jeremiah 13, verse 5 and 6, he said he will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed. Why is he saying that? Because their fathers had a hardened heart. Can you remember? Stiff-necked. When it was now done, he now said, you don't need to say, who shall go up to heaven? To bring us the law, or who shall go across the sea to bring said? The word is near you, is in your heart and mouth, so that you may do it. Remember, Paul referred to it, Romans ten, verse six and seven, through to eight. Moses is saying that the emphasis is your heart. The goal of the word of God Of God's promise is your heart It is the will of God To change your heart These people experienced miracles, signs and wonders But did their heart change? They never had the miracle of the heart They had the miracle of food Provisions, healings But not the miracle of the heart So we can say that the Exodus they experienced Was a miracle or let's say the sign of the real exodus, the true exodus will happen where? Who's following this? So, who was the one who said it? Moses said it. Say, it is your heart. It is your heart. So this folks had a stiff-necked heart. Now, Ezekiel is now re-saying the same story. Are you following this? Is that background okay? Okay, so Ezekiel 36 verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Is that the bathroom or in their hearts? We'll see it now. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Now let's read 26 together. A new heart. Are you there? A new heart a new will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take you away the soul out of your flesh. I will give you an heart of flesh. Where did we first read this? We had read this just now. I quoted it now. Deuteronomy 30. Circumcise. That's a new heart, Abi. Okay, watch. Look at verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my can you see it now? Okay. Settings, and you shall keep my judgment and do them. Is this an exodus? Is this an exodus? Because in it, is this a redemption? So what will be in that redemption? A new heart. A new spirit. Holiness. Sanctification. Eh? A gathering together of a people. Is that the church? The body of Christ. Good. So how is this going to happen? We just be walking on the road. A new heart. Take you, Lord Jesus. A new spirit. A lot No. How is he going to do it? Or God, like some will say, you say, God chooses who he wants to save and who he doesn't save. Everybody will line up like this. Stop! Heaven, 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 heaven. Stop! Hell, hell, hell. Stop! Don't move on. No! How is he going to fulfill what we just read? Ezekiel 37 God now took Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones right you will see that this is a picture of the future because Ezekiel never saw this happen valley of dry bones that is men that are dead who need life they're not him. Reverend, sorry, those are my own, that's my translation. Shall can these dry bones live? Verse three. Oh Lord God, unto you shall that knowledge be. He now said to him, Prophesy unto these bones. Now the word. Remember, remember the word prophet. Somebody who has what? God's word. Now prophesy will now mean when he now speaks good pay attention please prophesy unto these bones and say oh ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord thus hear the Lord God these bones to these bones behold I will cause breath to enter breath that's spirit is that spirit and you shall leave I will cause the spirit to enter and you shall live. So that means the spirit is the life that brings back from the dead. Ah, Are we together? Good. Now, Ezekiel never fulfilled this. So this must be that prophet. Huh? This must be that prophet. Because this prophet must go to the valley of dry bones. Unfortunately, Brian Ezekiel is also part of the dry bones. Unfortunately for Brian Ezekiel. So, this prophet that we have been talking about will have the words of what? Life. Right? The words of life that will cause the dead. Eh... That will cause the stone hearted, stiff necked, darkness to have light. This prophet, right? This prophet. Okay. Okay. So, how is he going to do it? By speaking words. Okay. Look at John 6 68. When Jesus asks them, John 6 60, are you learning something? Because you know this particular vision has been used for uh, your dead business. Your dead uh Bible shall, shall rise again, ribos, and your dead business, your just no. John 6. Are you learning something? When Jesus asked him, will you not go away? Simon Peter said, To whom shall we go? You have is he talking about that prophet? Come on You have the words Of eternal life In fact in John 3.34 John says that to whom The man sent by God He said he speaks the words of God God gives his spirit without measure The word unto him there is italicized So Jesus Is that person Who will give The words of what Eternal life But you know something Those words were not given till he rose from the dead. You know why? Because eternal life is not just what he says. It will be who he is. The proof of it is that he rose from the dead. That is why in the four Gospels All the promise of eternal life he gave was not given to anybody. Till he rose. In John 10, he said, The thief cometh not to steal, but but to steal and to to kill and destroy. I am come that you may have life. How? He said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life. John 10, 28. He said, I give that life to my sheep and they can never perish and no one can... T- uh, can take them out of my hand The father has greater than I Said and no one can be taken out of the father's hands All this, did it happen before he died? Huh? No He was making a promise Of what will happen In his resurrection Who's following what I'm saying here? Nobody received it Because it was not available How can he give his that life when he now died? Are you following what I'm saying? Aha! Uh-huh. But when he rose from the dead, hallelujah! He is now declared the Son of God with power. But notice what happened in John 20. Go there quickly, verse 19 to 20 and 21. 21 He says, "Peace unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you." Then 22 now says, He breathed on and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Now we've assumed that what he did was to put his nostrils on their head. Peter, you need two. <laughs> now, if that was what he did, that would now be evangelism. So anytime I'm going on a mission, I just need to blow my nose well so that I won't come and blow on the cover. I just say, do you believe in Jesus? you don't believe, bring your head. (laughs) Now, the word there is emphousal. E-M-P-H-U-S-A-O. Remember, we have to go to the Greek. Because the English has confused us. E-M-P-H-U-S-A-O. It's not used anywhere in the New Testament. That's the only place. I mean, Strong's Concordance says it means to blow into something. Okay? Now, any Bible scholar knows that Jesus in his days he's still in his in his days. Amen. I meant the four Gospels. He used what you call the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It's called the Septuagint. So, you are likely going to find most of the words he used in the Greek rendering of the Old Testament. That is, you read Genesis to Malachi in Greek. It was already available in Jesus's days. In fact, he used it to teach. So the use of translation did not just start. Jesus used translations. Are we there? You remember that on his on his cross they put those words in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. That shows you the communicator using interpretation. which following what I'm saying here? Aha. So that word, emphasis. if you go to the Old Testament, you will see it in two places. Ezekiel 37, the one we just read, verse 9. Ezekiel 37, verse 9. Prophesy unto the wind, prophesied son of man, and said to the wind, Thus hear the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O bread, and breathe upon this thing. Can you see? That's the word emphasize. It's the same word in John twenty twenty two. But the interesting thing is that this word is the same word in Genesis 2, 7. The Lord breathed upon, into man's nostrils, and man became a living soul. Breathe the breath of life. So, which means that what Ezekiel was talking about is a new creation. Hallelujah. Because we can see that in Genesis 2 7, that breath is a creative ability. And in this instance, too, in Ezekiel 37, verse 5 to 9, is a creative ability. So, what did Jesus do to those guys? Are you are you here? Uh-huh. We said prophesy means to speak what? Words, right? Uh-huh. Now, to not prophesy to the dead to rise, will mean to speak the words of, the words of, the words of. Can we say the words of the resurrection? Is it the same thing? So when Jesus rose from the dead. What conversation did he have with his disciples? What happened to him? Right? Which is, he died? No. It can't be that he died. They saw it. That he went to the grave. They knew. Right? But that he defeated the devil. Come on. Conquered sin. Come on. Brought redemption. Huh? And rose in victory over the devil. And this is eternal life. Are those the words of eternal life? Uh-uh. So, did Jesus teach them that when he rose? For how many days? 40 days. Right? Did he teach them the gospel? Is that the gospel? Is the gospel about his resurrection? Is it about eternal life? Is the, gospel, is the gospel also... Can it become the words of eternal life? Okay. Okay. When the gospel enters into a hardened heart that believes, can it become a new heart? A new spirit? Will the Holy Ghost dwell there? Okay, so when a man goes on evangelism, is it in the valley of dry bones? So when he preaches the gospel, are those the words of eternal life? Eh. Yeah. They are the circumcised, born again, new creation. Eh. Yeah. So when he says Jesus breathed the breath, breathed into them, breathed on them and said, receive him the Holy Ghost. Did he put his nostrils on their head or he taught them the word? Thank you. So is that a pattern for evangelism? That means when I go out for evangelism, I am ministering the words of eternal life. So, he is that prophet. But upon salvation, do we now share that office with him? Eh. Eh. Seriously speaking, so now we minister the same words. So, which means the Redeemer prophet office is available to the body of Christ. Amen? So as we minister God's word, what are we ministering? Huh? Now, is eternal life also a person? Uh, we just saw it now. is a person. So Jesus is that prophet, right? Whose words of eternal life, when he speaks them, will he gather men out of all the nations? By those words. Will he sanctify, purify, eh? a new heart, a new spirit? Ah, the spirit of God. Will he now cause this man to walk in his statutes and judgments? The word judgment there also deals with discernment. Wisdom comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understanding comes. They will walk in it, which means there is direction in it. Amen. There is direction in it. So, the moment a man hears these words, confusion disappears. The last time you ought to say, I am confused, was the day before you got born again. That was the last time you should have said it. Amen. Hallelujah the born again man is such that pay attention right even in his errors he can still trust God for direction there's nobody who doesn't make errors amen there's none if you are like that let me come and give you the pulpit so I'll sit down and listen to you because I want to know but you know what God walks with us like that. Amen. And he is yet glorified. So this redemption, right? Or like Israel. I was trying to say something. That in Israel, God showed them the signs of the redemption. The Red Sea. The manna. But they were signs. The true redemption should happen Where? That is why, look at all the miracles of Jesus. They pointed to his resurrection. All the miracles. In fact, you can do a study on all the miracles and you will point to redemption. Because no miracle is permanent. All the dead that he raised, are they still around? Who has the bread that he multiplied? Let me see it. None. all the sick he healed they died the place where he said wind peace be still the next day the thing will blow again when he told Peter cast your net to this time and they cut it did it didn't happen the next day in fact in John 21 they were still struggling again by the way the same people that could not pray overnight they were toiling overnight they would not pray over Two hours. What is that to make money? Amen? about Jesus. All these miracles. When he multiplied loaves and two fish. And he, was, he said, Look, I am the bread of heaven. He told that woman, said, If you drink of this water, you will test again. But when you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never test. But you shall have in you. John 4, 14. A well springing up unto everlasting life. So you are talking about water. All the miracles. Then John 7.39 He said, This speak he of the spirits, which those that will believe on him shall receive. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. So all the miracles of Jesus, none of them brought salvation. Just like all the miracles of Moses. But you know what? They pointed to the great work of salvation. Who's following what I'm saying here? So, the signs, and we'll talk about that in the morning tomorrow. The signs. Are there still signs today? Oh, yes. Because there were signs before they left the Red Sea. There were signs that pointed back at it. There were signs before Jesus rose from the dead. There were signs after he rose from the dead. A sign can point to what is about to happen. A sign can also point to what has happened. For example, we now that lay hands on the sick, we are not pointing anyone to what Christ will do. Well, in a sense we will. But we are pointing them to what he has done. But the core thing here is the gift of redemption is that redemption itself. And that gift is the spirit. That gift is the spirit. In that spirit, we have a new heart. In that spirit, we are circumcised. In that spirit, we are washed. First Corinthians 6, 11, Paul says, such were some of you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. He said by the spirit of our God. Is that Ezekiel 36? Is that Ezekiel 36? Sanctified, washed. So these prophets, right? These prophets, who is God Himself, has the words of eternal life. So He's not redeeming us by taking us away. Is redeeming us by distinguishing us in this world, and that distinguishing is by His Spirit. Amen. Is not re- redeeming us by we running through the Red Sea, even though we have passed through our own Red Sea, we have overcome the devil. Hallelujah. He's redeeming us by the words of eternal life. Don't forget what I said in the morning. Redemption. And good enough. Dr. Ali for us yesterday. Redemption is a familiar term. So which means that we are bought by God to be his children. Are we there? To be his family. We are bought by God to be his sanctified people. To be his representatives here on earth. To carry out his will. We have now become his partners. You know, if God calls you His partner, that says a lot. That says a lot. That says a lot. Imagine if President Joe Biden should just say, "Ah, I won't mention my name. I'll mention my own name." I don't know whether it's going to happen tomorrow. Now, is that she could come here? I said, "Yes, sir." So now we're going gonna, gonna to be working with you. I will say how. All my interests all over the world. You'll be signing my checks. Ha <laughs> <Am> I I dream. <laughs> you'll be signing my, you'll be representing me. Ha! More than that, we'll share responsibilities. Ah. Which responsibilities? To run America and uh, to share that all. And I know you're an old man. That means you'll be doing the sleeping. I'll be awake. <laughs> I said we're working together. You know, for that said, ah. Now imagine God saying that I have a will for the earth. I want to flood the earth with my glory. We are partners. And he's saying that the way we are going to partner is not that I'm going to be watching what you are going to do. No, I'm going to be walking in you. You know, a partner can say, Do your part, I do my part. But this one says, eh. We are walking together. Hallelujah. So, redemption puts God on our left. It puts Him on our left. What am I saying? He is in my location. Is it worry? Right? No, sorry. Is it not so My tongue first. I'll mention worry after. Amen. Amen. <laughs> He said, oh, sir. You, don't know, sir. you don't have to know sir. Oh, sir, look and look, Go and look at 7 Corinthians. You see it in the, Corinthians. <laughs> you know, it means that we are working together in the same location. And the only qualification you have is to be a sinner. If you are a Pharisee, you are in the ninety-nine. If you are a Pharisee, you are righteous. righteous. Remember, ah, remember in the morning? Uh-huh. The only qualification... Ah, the only qualification for this life is to be dead now. Those who are alive don't need it. Right? So the only qualification for this, someone say, ah, you know, I'm just thinking, can God, someone was telling me, I don't know whether God can use me. I finished, I, I watched it. Say, you are a very proud person. I ah, said, sir. How sir? Did I say anything yesterday? I said, No. Said, no. It's what you are saying. Ah, he said, I don't, I don't think God I said you are a proud person. God said he is living in you. And you are saying, I don't think I'm qualified. You are a very arrogant person. I said, What should I have said? Thank you, Father. That's what you should have said. Which one is all this? You know, some people will be saying, That's what some people on campus, when they make them escort, they will be crying, Oh, the next week, they are walking like this. The next week, you say, Oh, I don't know. I never know you. honor me this way. But the next week, Papa, Mama. You say, Go sit down, hypocrite. Are you in (laughs) church? He walks with us. Hallelujah. He walks with us. Amen. So, we can say, therefore, sit down, that the reality of redemption. Is the spirit of God in us. That is the reality. Because of the indwelling of the spirit of God's son. Amen. Romans 8.14 As many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's Egypt. But the spirit of adoption. That is the Exodus. Hereby we cry, have a father. But the spirit bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. If we are children, heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs together with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians 4. Verse 4. He says, He sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Crying "Abba, father. So by redemption, we are next of king. Hallelujah. We are sanctified. We are partners in his work on earth. The next time I see you pray, God send someone to this town. We should knock you in the middle of your head. You are here. Hallelujah. Redemption means that God, just like with Israel, even though they failed, He's walking, not just with you, He's walking in you. And you know, you don't have a hard heart. You have a soft heart. He took away the stony heart out of your flesh and gave you a heart of flesh. You are an obedient child. You, you know how to respond easily to God. Hallelujah. Nobody here is stubborn. Nobody here is stubborn. Because stubbornness is not a virtue. Nobody is stubborn. We are all soft hearted. We respond easily to God. We, we are not confused about His voice. See, the only reason you were confused whether God was talking to you, you had a wrong teaching. Salvation means you will hear God effortlessly. So there is nobody here that is confused. Nobody. We left the realm of darkness too far back. We're in the realm of light. Imagine Peter. Look at all those guys. When Jesus was arrested, the guy didn't know what was. Because like I said, the kind of Christ they were waiting for, he just bought a sword. Be careful what your, you don't know what your disciples are carrying when you are with them. (laughs) You don't know what they are carrying. You don't to be. put it back. And Peter ran up. Was, ah. Peter was looking. This man, man that can come with. This guy, he go show himself. He was watching. He saw that they slapped him. He was crying. Jesus was crying, you know. He cried though. Ah, uh, it's when they have not beat you well that you be causing the person that is beating you. When they beat you, I just say, oh My God, Michael, why are you forsaking <laughs> me? Proper beating. It's not for beating, a band of soldiers beating somebody. Ah! You just "What? He rink, he When He When they saw it, the yeah, one small girl like that, I just said, Bro, bro, ah, I saw you at the crusade. Me? I don't go to crusades. And I said, ah, Man of God, man of God, you laid hands on me. Me, Hands. This hand was in P.O.P. for three years. I can't I, like, I saw you. I just came to town. Three times. Until the cock said, Peter, Peter. That's what Ah, 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 The same guys. They ran from even John that said, the one that the, the disciple that the, the master loves. Was he there? Bro ran away. He, you know, they activated his Twitter handle. Remove his Facebook <laughs> say, ah, 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 ah. But you know something? The same people when their hearts was renewed. Now, you know, in the first instance, the chief priests don't come after them, went after Jesus and he denied. They now called them. Peter said, mm, We will rather obey God than obey. Him. What has happened? A new heart. A new spirit. Hallelujah. They are left the valley of dry bones, the valley of hard-hearted people, stiff-necked people. They are now the circumcised, born again. Hallelujah. And Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he didn't say, praise the Lord, um, please hear my testimony first. You know me, you know my story. Uh, just a few days ago, I caught somebody's hair. Yeah. But thank God for His mercy. Thank God. Amen. A few hours after brethren, I was even cursing, hmm, swearing. I denied my Lord. Oh <laughs> my Lord! No! He said, "Men are better acting unto my words." He acted like he was not that person. Why? It's a new heart. It's a new spirit. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, redemption puts you on a new course. There is nobody here that is useless for God. In fact, what God needs is that sinner. The people you are seeing smoking hard drugs, what is God seeing? Apostles. Prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers—that's what he's saying. So, with the Holy Ghost in us, we can now see what God is saying. Imagine ah, the way God does stuff. You know, some of us think that God will consult us before He uses people. They he say, hey, "What do you feel about doctor? Do you like him?" I say, "Ah, I don't like him, so I will use him." No, it's That's not your business. Amen. God just saw. Ah, He saw Saul. Ah, This guy is in our wow. This is ministry. Sort of tassels. and they gave his background. So when he called home, now I said, Ananias, go and lay hands on him. And I said, Lord, come come before you go. It's been a while that you left this area. This apple, this apple, In the in the arranged people, <laughs> in the arranged people, you say, you say, you know, you need to know who you are. Yeah, he said, let me say it in Europe, in Nigeria. He not mention. Just go and do what I've said you to do. He's a chosen vessel. And when he got there, know what he said? Brother, hallelujah. Redemption has put us on a course that we must follow. We are God's sons. Hallelujah. We are his sanctified people. We are his partners on earth. We are his partners on earth. The reality of our redemption is the indwelling of the spirit. First Corinthians three sixteen. You know ye not that you are the temple of God. That's together. For the spirit of God dwells in you. First Corinthians six nineteen. Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know say you are bought. That's the word redeemed. You are bought with a price. Because the proof of our redemption is the indwelling of the Spirit. And the indwelling of the Spirit means God is now walking in us. He's walking through us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm I'm enabled by God. Say, I'm enabled by God. Hallelujah. 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 The the fires of the Holy Ghost are burning in your hearts now. There's a newfound zeal found in you. By the Spirit of God, a newfound zeal. See, by the Spirit of God, boldness is restored to you. Confidence is restored to you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Every barrier is removed. Is removed. Is removed. Is removed. Every barrier is removed. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. The Holy Ghost is working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. working. By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what's happening in this house? You know, every meeting has like a staring. The stirring in this meeting is boldness. 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 Boldness to carry God's will on earth. Yeah, boldness. There's boldness. And boldness comes from a righteousness consciousness. I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. I lay hands on the sick. And the sick recover. I cast out demons. Hallelujah. I undo the works of darkness. Amen. Amen. You know you cast out demons. You know you cast out demons. You don't run for people that are possessed. You set them free. Hallelujah. 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 Fear has no place in you. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Confusion is now in your past. Confusion is now in your past. Confusion is now in your past. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. 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 Amen. And those are you know, something will happen from today for all of us here. <laughs> <galaxies> And that's the fact that In the work of the ministry To reach the unsaved To make disciples To strengthen the church Nobody here will be laid back As you step out of this place You strengthen your church Your churches are strengthened Because you are there Your churches are multiplied Because you are there he says in the days of his power, in the day of his power, his people shall be willing. That willingness means they can sacrifice. You see, because you came for this conference, you are more available than before. To serve and sacrifice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're in the harvest into our meetings. Yes, yes. Confused people on the road will meet direction through you. The oppressed will receive deliverance from you. Yes, they will. They will. They will. You step out of this place and snatch people in their thousands from the kingdom of darkness. So now listen. You are going to boldly step out. Don't start tomorrow. Start today hear yeah, what I'm about to tell you. Before you go to bed, talk to five people about Jesus. Set people free tonight and tomorrow in your service. Whether it's here another church, make sure you bring them to the church. You see, don't procrastinate. Do it now. Do it now. Amen. You know you have boldness. It's not boldness to sing, God. You don't need boldness to talk to God. Amen. You know? Well, there's boldness in talking to God. But the boldness we are talking about here is to confront the works of darkness. The works of darkness. The works of darkness. The most hardy men will hear you and believe. There are people whose stories will change this week because of you. They called them criminals. No more from this week. They called them the bad people in society. No, no, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. You are in his office. You are in his office. You are in his office. And you cost his breath to enter into the dead hearts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And because of this meeting, there are multiplied ministries across this state, the country, the continent? Amen? I saw something in the morning and I can say it now. I was going to teach around it, but I, I would. But i just saying That the church here, this church, and even other churches, are missionary churches. Missionary churches. You are a missionary. You are a missionary. You are a missionary. A missionary means that you are in a mission. You are on a mission. You are on a mission. You see, you don't lack purpose. You are on a mission. See, through you, a whole family will come to Jesus. A whole family. There are those of you here, a whole house. As you step out of this meeting, a whole house will become a fellowship center. Yeah. 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 Because we are partners together with God. We are partners together with God. We are partners together with God. And listen, your deeds will match up. Good works are yours. Good conduct is yours. Your deeds will match up. Because good character is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So don't say, well, do I have good character? You do. The Holy Ghost is working in you. And you yield to him the more. And you produce good conduct. Amen. Amen. Families are born again. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. Amen. 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 Glory Glory to God. 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 Woo! Glory God. Thank you, So our churches are missionary churches. Yeah, yeah. We're not entertainment centers. Even our four stymers, they come in and receive that mission. Yeah. That mission overwhelms us. We, we, we align ourselves not with the society not with the government not with the internet we align ourselves with God's plan God's plan is our plan and we are walking in the light of it Hallelujah lift your hands and just bless God thank God for your church thank God for your ministry thank God thank God thank God thank God, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Now, if you if you if you are you are in the ministry, you're a pastor or leader. You want hands to be laid on you. Just hands laid on you. Amen. There are some things that laying of hands to communicate that I can't say possibly by teaching. You want hands to be laid on you. You know, you're a leader in the ministry. Just come forward. You want hands to be laid on you. Amen. So, thank you, Lord. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones.